Hello, and welcome to the Lucky Star Show and Tell podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Field, the founder and director of Lucky Star Art Camp. On today's episode, I'll be sitting down with my good friend and producer of this podcast, Sean Stratman. We'll be talking about our plans for the podcast and tell you all about Lucky Star. I hope you enjoy. Hello, Sean Stratman. How are you? Hello, Lisa Field. I'm great. I'm excited to be here. Can you believe we're doing this after the day we had yesterday? The answer is probably no. (laughs) I'm sure you all have had technical difficulties, and I'm telling you, there is definitely a learning curve when you get two people who have never done something before doing it for the first time, but Darn it, we are here and here we go. We figured it out and that's the most important thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm patting myself on the back. Right you should, now. you should. <laughs> so it occurs to me that a lot of our listeners have no idea what Lucky Star Art Camp is or anything about the Lucky Star Galaxy. And I just want to have a conversation today and let them know what this is all about. I think that's a great idea. Let's do it. So, okay. First off, Sean and I met at a retreat similar to Lucky Star. Gosh, it's been 12 years ago. And we just happened to be bunking together in the same cabin in a beautiful place at this amazing creative retreat. And... At the time, it was my second year to go, and I think you had been to other retreats before. I had been to one other retreat, and it was the awakening that I needed to understand that creativity needed to be part of my life, so I sought out other retreats, and that's how I ended up where you were, and it, it was a by chance situation that we met there. Yes. So let's talk about that whatever it was that got us there in the first place. For me, I was um, a mother to some young kiddos at the time, and I had a great job, great husband, great life, but I just felt like there was something else for me out there, and I didn't know what that was. And I'd always kind of had a leaning toward wanting to gather women and, um, but I I just, I felt like there was something and I was looking for something and I happened to come across a YouTube video of women laughing and painting and sewing in this beautiful place. And I just immediately felt like I have to go. I have to be there. What is this thing? And I didn't even know it existed, and I signed up and I went. What was it for you that made you go to your first creative retreat? I think that I was definitely in a place in my life where I had kind of done everything that was prescribed for me. I went to college. I got the corporate job. We bought the house. I had the babies, and I had done everything that I was putting in quotes, supposed to do. And I was um, changing some things in my life with my career. And I was just kind of searching for 
what is it that I want to do? And what I think is really amazing is that that first retreat that I went to was the first time I ever went to a maker's retreat where where you go and they told you, here are the classes that you're going to take and you're going to make this one particular thing. And I had never been a maker. I was a photographer, but I was not a maker. And it was really eye-opening to me because I realized I'd never been exposed to anything like that in my life because I'd always just kind of followed the path of what I was supposed to do. And art was never introduced to me ever, you know. And so as I got older and got more interested, I definitely saw opportunities around and taking those little steps for a little opportunity for that first retreat and then going to the sleepaway opportunity in New Hampshire where you and I met was all part of that journey where I was like, okay, exactly like you said, what's next? And and what is this in me that feels so pulled to the maker side of myself that I didn't know existed? I, you you know, you and I have that in common where we kind of checked all the boxes of what we were supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I agree. I totally agree. There was something about seeing and and participating in things where I used my own two hands to make something that I had to show for. And it's not I w- I was exposed to art, but only as like a kid watching my my Nana paint in her kitchen. She was so cute. She would, she would have Bob Ross on the television a lot for one thing. And I remember (laughs) watching him as a kid in her house, but she would keep an easel with oil paints in her kitchen. And she took classes occasionally with some little lady friends of hers. And I'll never forget that she would she would be cooking and she would stir and she would be humming and she would go and dab a little paint on and then she would go back and stir again. And it just, I remember even then as a kid, it's striking me that number one, I could tell she was really happy when she was doing that. And number two, she had it in her kitchen. I mean, that is not something you see very often, but she had figured out now she lived alone. Um, but she had figured out how to incorporate that creativity making into her everyday life. And that stood out to me as a kid. Um, yeah, I and- think I, that's a very interesting cause you saying that, you know, reminds me that my grandmother, um, was a, incredible maker of uh, fibers. She did knitting and embroidery and sewing. And my mother was also a sewer and, you know, she's famous for making these beautiful, intricate uh, uh, Christmas stockings for all of the grandchildren. And she made my daughter's uh, Halloween costumes every year that they were wearing them from scratch. The thing that I think is interesting is I never attached to them doing it as something that I could do. And I don't know why that was. I I don't know if it was like, it's just something they did in the hours that they were not doing life. So I wasn't exposed to it or they didn't like sit down with me and say, today we're going to learn how to knit and purl. That just never (laughs) happened, which is fine. I, you know, I don't think that that's necessarily the way it has to happen, but it, it was around me in that way. And, um, 
So it, it definitely is part of my gene pool. I just hadn't awakened it. Exactly. It was there. For I just yourself. Yes. I just hadn't turned on the light yet. So that's what I think that the retreat did is it turned on that light that probably was already there. I just hadn't tapped into it yet. Exactly. You know, so the only time I've ever heard my mother say a bad word in my entire life is when she was sewing, <laughs> which, which makes me think about how, you know, we always, a lot of people get so hung up in their heads about, you know, if you're an artist, it has to be done this certain way. And, um, you know, even though we say there's no bad art, we're like, you know, oh, we're going to be judged by what we put out there in the world. And it reminds me of the <laughs> class, the class that, okay, so picture this, everyone. There is a cabin full of about two, four, six, eight people. I think eight women. Okay. We, I, I think you knew Colleen and maybe um, Annette already. And then Cinderella and I knew one another. No, I, I, I didn't. I just yeah. knew Colleen. That's it. I oh, knew really? nobody. No, okay. we walked in so, not knowing any of each other. Virtual for strangers, except yeah. for our one friend that came along the way with us. And we had all gone to class and we had convened back in our cabin that afternoon, that evening after dinner, I think it was. And oh, it was after dinner and it was probably after was a couple of glasses of wine. Late. <laughs> okay. So imagine we've got this beautiful roaring fire going in the fireplace and everyone has placed their paintings from this one class on the mantle of the fireplace. And we are sitting around in the living room having a good old time and good Lord, there ends up being canvas. Okay. This was a, tell me about this. It was a portraiture class, correct? It was a portraiture class taught by the amazing Misty Mon. And, and she yes. truly is still one of my favorite, favorite artists. And, um, Annette we, was we, not exactly happy with her art. And it tickled us to death. Well, she, she was also, uh, tickled to death by the creation that she made because we were not laughing at her. We were laughing with her. With her. To the point that like we We, we literally all... peed our pants laughing. Yes. <laughs> and that was also a critical moment for me because I, first of all, I realized, oh gosh, being around other people who are like-minded and that you can just be 100% yourself and have so much fun and that kind of laughter that is in your bones laughter and in your pants laughter a few years. <laughs> exactly. Which I think there were more than one of us who did in that moment because it was so funny. But it, it was just, it was, it, it, you know what it did? It like reminded me of like just the, the childlike nature that art can bring you to as well. Yes. It's, it's like well, and you, that forget, out, you forget. Yeah, hanging out with other women can yeah. bring, I, I mean – so that we can still have fun as adults and with people that we don't even know that right. well. It was it was pretty fun. It was it, it was, was a really realization. <laughs> and it was it was a place that we all got really close through those experiences. So not only were we taking classes together, but we were eating together and we were walking together. And some of us were crazy enough to go swimming in the very cold lake. Yes. Um, 
but it was a it was a wonderful experience that I think changed my life and and in many ways one I learned what I explained earlier but two I became friends with you and you and I had just like this very instant connection where we were like this opportunity has given us these gifts and you tapped into something in some of those walks that we had and some of your journaling that you were doing where you realized I this is what I want to do. I want to I want to create something like this and to be look back and be able to be part of that journey with you has been one of the greatest gifts I would say I have and I wouldn't have met you if I hadn't gone to something like that. And that and and I was in my late 30s at the time. I mean, now I'm in my 50s. I can't believe it's been that long. I can't it either. Is, it's changed it's changed my life doing something like that and that's what I think is so cool about what you did. You took it and you said, I get that and I want to do that for others, which is part of the story of how Lucky Star began. Yes. And I think it's important to note also that you were living in Maryland and I am from Texas and we would never have had the opportunity to have this friendship that we have had through the years that means so much to me had it not have been for the bravery that it took for us to step out of our comfort zone and buy those tickets, register and go, but, right? Yes. And then the next thing that happened is then that spurred you to create this thing that yes, we're talking about. So we want to talk about, about what Lucky Star is. And, and you now know kind of the backstory of how it became, but what it is, is pretty fantastic. And I... I think we should share that so that those listeners that have not attended or might be on the fence about attending can get a little bit more information from us on that. Okay, so I have to tell a little story where um, it will explain to you kind of how the whole event bug got in my system. Um, Back in high school, I was the president of my junior class, and it was our turn to do junior senior prom. And I happened to have um, a fantastic sponsor at the time who happened to be my pre-cal teacher. And lo and behold, she was a fantastic event organizer. And she taught me the ropes. And those are skills that I still use today. And I remember seeing everyone walking into our prom And seeing their faces light up and just that joy that it brought to me that I had helped create something that was bringing them joy, man, that really got me going. I mean, it it just lit a little fire inside me. So, you know, again, with the checking the boxes and going and doing all the things that we were supposed to do, went to college, um, got married, had babies. And then I just, when I got to this retreat and like what you were saying, it just rung my bell. I was like, this is it. And I happened to live in the most beautiful place where there are tons of summer camps around. So the facilities were nearby and I just, um, It just, it made sense that that thing that I was looking for 
And that draw to bringing women together, this was the recipe. And I had no idea, Sean, that creativity, art, any of that would ever have anything to do with that bringing women together. I thought maybe I would do some mother-daughter retreats or something like that back in the early, early days. But discovering this just really put all the puzzle pieces together for me. And in 2013, well, 2012, leading up to the first year that I had camp in October of 2013, I got busy and I did my homework and researched all the different places that were around that would be available that were geared for off-season events. I sought out instructors, art teachers, yoga instructors. I pulled from my network of friends that had skills and just started brainstorming with a bunch of friends. And I started a website and just once it was ready, I put it out there in the world and it was amazing. You know, it's like one of those, if you build it, they will come situations. And they did. And they did. And that, that first year was small, but it was exactly what it was supposed to be. And, um, and it was in exactly the place where it was supposed to be as well. Yeah. Which is the beautiful Waldemar camp, which is a amazing unbelievable facility that has been around since the since 19, 1928 20, yeah and um it is it's a pretty special place I, I I travel a lot I visit a lot of places and this is probably one of my top places to be is at the Camp Waldemar on the Guadalupe River enjoying the fall and <laughs> it is amazing it's amazing it is beautiful. And I love watching people see it for the first time because, and this sounds so cliche, but people are always like, this is a magical place. Yeah. And, but it, but it really is like, I've always said you can, I mean, okay. So there have been hundreds, thousands of little girls and women running the show for, you know, since 1928. So You've got to imagine that the energy of this place is just vibrant and strong. You can feel it in your bones when you are standing there. It's just, it's not your typical place. It kind of has like cabins built into the hillside overlooking the Guadalupe River, giant cypress trees and sycamore trees lining the banks. Um, limestone river rock buildings with giant timber. So it's almost like you're in a mountain lodge. And also but the influence of the of South American uh, tiles and mosaics yes. and murals. And oh my gosh, the we should say these are not your pitch tent summer camp accommodations. No. <laughs> they are. They, they are. Temperature controlled, absolutely stunning cabins that all have pieces of history in them and gorgeous. Just every, you and I were talking about like one of the things that's so cool about it is that you don't have to worry about bringing towels and your bedding. 
It's right. all done for you, which is not your typical summer camp. <laughs> My no. girls went to summer camp and that is not <laughs> the situation. No. They virtually slept outside for eight weeks, but um, it's, it's a magical and you're right. It's the energy uh, as a photographer, you I can't help but to bring my camera out and find oh, the yeah. moments because it's a candy are, land. It's a candy land, <laughs> and it's a candy land based on the day. And this last camp, we had this morning where the fog was rolling down the Guadalupe River, and the sun was peeking through, and it it literally was magical. Like, mm-hmm. I just couldn't, and I happened to be teaching a photography class that day. And we were supposed to meet somewhere and I was like screaming at the top of my lungs, get down by the river because the, <laughs> the fog was slowly dissipating. I'm like, you want to f- capture this while we can. Don't worry about how to take those pictures. I'll tell you later. Just start snapping. <laughs> it was there was funny. a moment. There was a moment. Uh, it's probably been about six years ago when I had to go out to get something out of my car out in the parking field. And I was headed back towards the main part of camp. And I look up and the sky was a weird color that morning. And I look up and no kidding, there was a full rainbow touching both sides. I mean, a full rainbow completely encapsulating Waldemar. And I, I, I just stood there in awe with goosebumps. It was just this amazing and very fitting moment because the place is so special it is and is and and like okay so this location is just stunning and special we've we've gone over that but the other thing that's amazing is what happens at camp (laughs) that is that's what I think we should get to the meat to here is to explain what is camp what do you do at camp First off, now, you know, so we're 10 years in, Sean. Yeah. This is this is the 10th year for Lucky Star to exist. And is it so like your 15th point, or 16th event as well? Oh, yeah, at least. Yeah. At least. Because I'll, I'll talk about it later, but we do some pop-up events in some other locations. But if you can imagine that now at 10 years, we have about half the women who are returning campers and about half of the women who come are new campers. And one of my very favorite things is just that beginning check-in. We start at like two o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday and the electricity in the air of the excitement and the anxiety and the, you know, it's just, it's a bold move that these women are making. And, and oftentimes a sacrifice too. Like they're they're giving up things that are happening in their family, the, you know, the financial commitment to come. So there's a lot. And they've had to make the stars align with jobs and kids and pets and all the things and so the energy of check-in and that first day when everyone's getting settled into their cabins and meeting their cabin mates sometimes for the first time, which is one of the most awesome things and scariest things for people is bunking up with others. You can get a single cabin, but man, bunking up with other women is one of the best things about this camp. It is 
something that really gets you out of your comfort zone, like we talked about earlier. And just, I mean, the closest people in your life are the people who you can stay with under the same roof, right? That's right. (laughs) And it just really throws you right in there. And it's like a slumber party. It is like a slumber party. I will go and visit some of the cabins around. I'll just pop in on a Friday night or some evening. And it is so much fun. Everyone's in their PJs. And half the time, there are lots of snacks around, maybe a little wine, maybe a little tequila. And (laughs) there have been breakout Irish dance sessions. There have been, I mean, there's always someone painting, doodling, stitching. There's some, somebody with an art component going on. Or playing the guitar. Or or playing the guitar. Right. (laughs) So, all right, back to what, how it goes down. We check in, that first day gets settled into our cabins. We have a wonderful dinner, and then we have our opening ceremonies down in this big lodge called DJ Lodge, which is named after Doris Johnson, who was one of the very first women of Waldemar. And we have a keynote speaker we introduce our instructors, and then we all head out to the campfire if the weather is nice or the fireplace if it's not. And we listen to the amazing Mandy Rowden, who is the Austin singer-songwriter who's been coming to Lucky Star since the very beginning. And she serenades us, and then we all go to sleep and wake up the next morning to an amazing breakfast, and then we start our classes. All of the classes that we take on Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning, and even we have some extra classes that are shorter classes and activities, um, they're all chosen in advance. So those all will go up on the website. They're chosen by the campers. So you get to pick and choose what you want to do while you're there. And then um, so Thursday and Friday, we're in classes most of the day with the afternoon to do the smaller activities, yoga included. And then it's dinner and an evening activity together. We've done, like this past year, we did an 80s dance party. We've also had um, another speaker or we've had a fireside chat. We did Um, a panel one year, which was was so interesting and That was fun. It, um, so it just depends on the year or the night with our programming as to what we do in those evenings. And then on Saturday morning, we have just a half day of class and then we have lunch and we have the afternoon open to enjoy the beautiful Waldemar campus to finish up projects that we may be working on from classes or some more of those extras, which could include horseback riding That evening, we have the Lucky Star Show and Tell Night, which is like our closing ceremony. So anyone who can, who has a store, a shop where they make and sell items can set up and sell their items in a market that we do. We also set up a gallery of all the artwork for anyone who wants to share their work from the week, which is really awesome because you can see what someone else did in a class that you didn't take that year. And um, the Glee Club performs, the guitar class performs, Irish dance performs. 
If we do a songwriting class, they will recite their songs. It's just this amazing culmination of all that took place that week. And so that all happens on Saturday night. And we wake up Sunday morning to brunch and everyone heads to their respective places on the planet. It goes too fast. <laughs> I could tell you. It does you, go you, too you go, fast. You get it's to like Saturday a night and you think, oh, this is not going to happen for another year. Oh, but um, I, 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 you did a great job explaining all of that. And it is definitely, you're not ever going to be bored. I can tell you that. But there is time for downtime if you want a little downtime to journal or to lay in the sun. We had a really beautiful day this year and people went swimming and they laid in the sun and they hung out on the banks and they chose not to do the extras, some of them, and decided to just hang out. And that's really fun just too. sit and stare at the river or lie down on your back and look up at these beautiful trees and watch the leaves yeah. shimmer in the wind. I mean, like one of my favorite things is that Saturday afternoon looking across this big open field at camp and along the banks of the river and just, I mean, you see all the different personalities and all the different um, groups of women just kind of doing their own thing. There was a group who sat at picnic tables and drank wine and they were laughing. And just off to the side of them, there were two women sitting on the lawn playing their guitars um, because they were taking the guitar class. And then you look down and you see someone painting by the river or working on our collaborative project that we had going on. And it, it's it's just, like you said, there's time for downtime. You can be as busy and active if, as you want to be, or as pensive and relaxed as you want to be. So there really is something for everyone. I know. I was going to actually bring that up because I, w I wanted to talk about some of my favorite classes that I've taken over the years because I think they do a – some of my favorites do a good job of explaining the range of the types of classes that are offered there because it's not all just art. Right. And that's – so some of my favorites were cheese making with Lisa Seeger, and she brought goat milk from her farm, Heron Farm, and taught us how to make ricotta cheese from scratch, which – I still can dream about how good it was drizzled with honey and the pears that we ate it with. Oh, my goodness. Loved that class. Alpaca 101 with Katie Davenport. I never thought that I would be able to take an Alpaca 101 class, but I got to spend okay. an entire day with the alpacas. And I literally, it, it was the highlight of my year to be able to spend time. And we could walk the alpacas. And we did. We walked them like dogs around yeah, they're camp. like the teddy bears. <laughs> they are. Um, I, screen printing with the amazing Becky Dawson. Becky Dawson. Always wanted to learn how to screen print. She was amazing teacher. And I still have several. I spent my screen printing time screen printing some of my favorite things from Maine, which is I remember. One, one of the places. And I still use them through all of my entertaining. I have all these little screen printed Your napkins, tea towels with the little towels, Oreo yep. cows. <laughs> with I the love belt of Galloways. Yes. And then the other thing, ironically, one of my favorite classes was um, Vivian McMaster's uh, oh, self-portrait class, which is funny because I'm a, I'm a photographer, but I never am in photos and I never take pictures of myself in a 
or I hadn't prior to her. And it was amazing. And I, and some of my favorite pictures of myself are from her class that I took there. And again, these are oh, things wow. that I would normally do. And I've taken many, many, I can, I have never not enjoyed a class that I've taken, but these are, this is a good way for me to like, just explain how different all the classes are. You know, there, there's, it's not just, oh, we're painting here or, you right. know, but I've taken pottery classes, painting classes, embroidery classes, um, journaling classes, writing classes, you know, I, in the 10 years, I've taken probably 40 to 50 classes. Literally. Holy cow. I know. That's so, but those are some of my favorites. Um, do you have any favorites that you want well, to Well, you just brought up a good point that I want to make sure that is noted that, okay, so you're a photographer and, and you pretty much know, I mean, you're a professional photographer, you know, all things photography, but you chose to take a class that albeit it was a little different because it was self-portraiture and something out of what you normally do. I, I've had people say to me before, oh, I, I already do that, so I'm not going to take that class. But what you're missing is that getting to do something and see it through another person's perspective can be so inspiring and can breathe such new life into your profession, your job, your family. It, it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be something that is just like, oh, I've been dying to learn how to do that. There are some people who literally just go through almost with like a spinning wheel from a game and they're like, all right, I'm going to take that class. And with no preconceived notion of this is why I want to take it, um, which is kind of very adventuresome. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a class that, yeah, this is what I need to learn or want to learn. It can solely just be for the heck of it, for the fun of it. And right. those are great surprises usually. Well, and the, the camaraderie that you, you enjoy taking classes with other people, number one, but also even as an artist, you know, which I now call myself an artist, I love being around other artists too. So even if I have a familiarity with it, you're always going to have the opportunity to glean something from the artist. Absolutely. And that, that I think is the gift, you know, the gift of taking these classes. Right. And sitting in class with others, you get to visit with them. You get, you know, at least a three hour chunk of time to sit and get to know those people a little bit better. And then that leads into maybe sitting with them in the dining hall. And those, that's how friendship happens. Those connections are made um, sitting side by side in class with other women. And at the dining table, which is absolutely, <laughs> I've been like dying to talk about the food. Okay, fellow foodie, <laughs> lay it on me. Okay, what do you like about the food at Waldemar? <laughs> oh my gosh, what don't I like about the food at Waldemar? I mean, th the basics are this: there's food for every dietary need. If you have a special dietary need, they will create something for you, which is amazing because there are a lot of dietary needs in in the world and 
that to me feels like they're taking care of you the minute you walk in there because you see, oh, for those of you who might have a nut allergy or are vegans, here is your beautiful meal. But the food, I mean, you and I, we will download on the food after a meal for like <laughs> half an hour because- Let's break it, it down. Let's break, okay. Can we just talk about- <laughs> The, the kale kale. salad. The chile kale. The chile <laughs> Can we just talk about, I mean, it's beautiful. From scratch, a team of amazing people are making this food for us. It's it's just, it's so special. I It's like one of my favorite culinary experiences of the year. That's the other thing that <laughs> I have. Which is so unexpected. <laughs> it's so unexpected because I go and we're all, and anybody that you talk to is a repeat is like, I, I just can't wait for the food. <laughs> you know, oh, dessert with every meal. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I just some constraint this year. I, I was, I was like um, walking around the table with a free fork. Does anybody have anything left over? I'll just take a bite of it, which is probably not <laughs> you, very. That smart was you showing constraint. <laughs> <laughs> not very smart in the times of COVID, mighty. But usually it was people I really knew. I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, but, you know, the the point is the food is just so beautiful and Yeah, so don't think you're going to be coming and eating some frozen food that's been thought out and thoughtlessly thrown on the plate in mass quantities. This is a very intentional food experience, which was one of my, um, you know, I, I kind of have these like, certain things like the beautiful atmosphere when I'm choosing a location for whether it's a pop-up or, you know, whether it was this or that, it's the beautiful location, the good variety of art and whole living classes, and the food is definitely one of them. Good music and a good Good spot to have a campfire. (laughs) Those are like the the most important components. Yeah. So, okay. You asked me a while ago, what were some of my favorite classes that I've ever taken? And I will say, uh, man, I loved Shauna Martin's pottery class this year, this past year. It was basically, we were supposed to be making pendants. Okay. So pendants out of clay. Um, I ended up making like a garland because we had time to um, create more than just one little pendant. And Shauna is just one of those Ugh, she's teachers like that was amazing. She, she's just one of those people who is good at so many things, not to mention she's a Greek goddess. I mean, she is just a beautiful person inside and out. And her classes are always some of my favorites. I've also taken a crochet earring class from her and um, a crochet class of hers. And another one of my favorite classes, and I even have a painting that I'm looking at on the wall of my office right now, and that is Leslie Gaurecki's abstract painting class. Man, so I, I mean, talented. I have several canvases of hers that I created in her class. And, you know, that could go well or it could go really bad. But <laughs> luckily, I have some really amazing pieces from her class. And we're talking large canvas. They're like 36 by 36 canvases. Yeah. 
And we she usually brings try out to have amazing things out of her students. She's very oh, talented. Oh man, remember Colleen's paintings from mm-hmm. her class too. I mean, just really uh it's it's I have fun playing with paint, but I also have had a lot of fun in Cal Patch's sewing classes. I made one of the OGs. T- I one of the OGs. <laughs> yeah. I made this tunic dress that I adore when it fits me. (laughs) I also have made um, a really cool studio apron in her class. And she, I mean, she is just one of those down to earth, most patient teachers and just has this way about her that is magnetic. Oh gosh. We had Juliet Crane back in the early, early years of Lucky Star in her painting classes. Um, oh, there was a painting creatures class mm-hmm. that was really fun as well. And then. Oh, Mindy you know, Lacefield's class. I taught, Oh, was, Mindy's. Yeah. Oh, the field notes class. The, oh, she's, she's such an inspiring person. She's, she's wonderful. She is. So speaking of instructors and classes. That is one of the main things that we have planned for this podcast. And along with maybe interviewing a camper here and there, the the whole point of this podcast is to let you know that something like this even exists. Because, I mean, if I didn't know it existed, there's a chance that you didn't know it existed either. And also to introduce you to the lineup of instructors that we have planned for our 10th anniversary year. So um, that is kind of what we will be doing. And they'll get to tell all about their classes and what they have in store for us, which is super exciting. And we'll get to know them a little bit before they teach, which is also Yeah, which really is really nice. great. Um, because that's, that's another component of lucky star is the lucky star galaxy is what I call it. We have a Facebook group that, um, uh, there's a, it doesn't have to be women who have come to camp already. It can be anyone that's even just remotely interested in coming to camp, but it's been a wonderful space for us to be able to share different, stories and ideas and artwork and projects that we're working on and and just things going on in life and have a bunch of really amazing women there to support one another throughout the year. So outside of camp, we do still keep in touch with each other um, all throughout the year. And I, I always say this and I mean it. After you go to camp, there is just this little flicker of confidence that you then have knowing that you have this amazing group of women and this experience in your back pocket to pull out anytime you need throughout the year. With whatever you may be experiencing going through in life, you know that you have all you have to do is reach out. And I mean, these women are incredible. We have some really amazing campers. Yeah. it's And if you want more information, a great place to check everything out is the website. 
which is www.luckystarartcamp.com. There's a video there that is a great snapshot into what camp is, and you can get a visual, an actual visual. Um, we are open now for registration. Camp this year is November 2nd through the 6th, and early bird registration is open now through end of May, May 31st, and you get a discount if you, a price if you break. register. Yeah, price break if you register early, which is great. And then the regular channels of Instagram, Lucky Star Art Camp, and the Lucky Star uh, Galaxy on Facebook are all there for you to check out information. And we really encourage you to because it'll give you much more um, than we even gave you today. A lot and of we'll visuals, put all of that yeah. in the show notes as well. I did mention earlier pop-ups, and I wanted to just go back to that because this year um, will be the third year for me to host like a Lucky Star. Imagine it. It's just a weekend. It's like a Friday and Saturday, and it will be taking place in June in Round Top, Texas at the Wander Inn, which is where the Junk Gypsies, if you all know them from their amazing, amazing business, they have what they call the Back 40, and they've got these gorgeous bed and breakfast um, homes back there. And I rent those for the weekend, and we do a mini Lucky Star out there, and it's really fun. It's a great way to get a taste of what the mothership, the one at Waldemar is all about. And also for those of you who just can't get away for an entire Wednesday through Sunday, it's a great way to step into the Lucky Star Galaxy and get your feet wet there and um, just do it in a two-day spurt. So that is something else. All the information will be up on the website. We've had pop-ups in Austin, South Carolina, we have plans to do other pop-ups at some point, but don't think that if you can't come to the one in November, it's not for you because we do have other options as well. And we would love to have you on the Facebook group, Lucky Star Galaxy. So thank you, Sean, for going through what Lucky Star is all about with me. It's been so wonderful having you right beside me from the start. And this year you have stepped in and in an even bigger way and you're helping manage the whole thing from start to finish for this year, our 10th anniversary year. And it's been so much fun getting to work with you and collaborate with you. And I'm Aww. so excited for what's to come. I know. I love it. And I feel really proud that we did the thing today. We did the thing. We did the thing. We did podcast our podcast has been on my list for years, and I've been talking about it. And Sean's like, "We're making this happen," and we yeah. did it. Here we it did is. it. March first was the deadline, and we made it. Ta-da! <laughs> okay, well, girls, thank you so much. This was great. Thank you. Bye.